When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everyone, welcome to the Delicious Ella podcast with me, Ella Mills, and my husband and business partner, Matthew Mills. Hi, everyone. We're going to be delving into lots of different areas in the podcast, anything and everything that we're interested in and that we've touched during the Delicious Ella journey from health and well-being and looking at diet and lifestyle in relation to illness to looking at mental health, stress and anxiety, the effect that that has on our lives. And then also looking at building a business, creating a brand, and then as an overarching theme, just looking at creating positivity in what is a very busy world today. Exactly. So why don't we start with, why don't you give some background on just how Delicious Yellow all got started? Okay. But before I do that, I just have to say, I'm really excited to be doing this with Matt because I've always done our social media and I'm begging him to get involved in it. And he's been excited about the podcast. So yeah, I screech whenever Ella says I have to be in a picture. I always try and <laughs> run the other or way. Or cover your face with Austin, our dog. As fast as I can. So, But we've been talking about this for about a year and we're actually really, really excited to do it. Yes, I'm excited for you guys to get to know him as well and also get to know us and what's happened over the last couple of years and how we've transitioned from me being unwell at university in bed, eating Ben and Jerry's and watching the Kardashians to sitting here today, married and running business. Exactly. So why don't we start? Why don't you give some background about how Delicious Yella got started? Yeah, so to give anyone a little bit of understanding on who we are and why we're going to be looking at all these topics within the podcast, I started Delicious Yella completely accidentally um, back in 2012, having got very ill in 2011. And I really struggled with my physical health as well as my mental health, hence the interest in both sides of the spectrum. So a long story, a little bit shorter. um, Back in 2011, I was a student. I was studying history of art. Um, Not completely sure what I wanted to do with my life, but having a brilliant time. And out of nowhere, really, I got very unwell with a condition called postural tachycardia syndrome or POTS, if you don't want to say such a mouthful. And then a couple of things on the side, um, something like called mast cell activation disorder, which caused me to have lots of allergic reactions and Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which caused joint pain and things like that. And I went from being really healthy to um, basically unable to do anything within a matter of months. And I spent the following four months in and out of hospital. And at that point, I was put on lots of medication. 
I was 20 um, and I was already on steroids and, you know, being told to try beta blockers and things like that. I even made a little spreadsheet for myself with all the drugs that I needed to take. Um, I was incredibly optimistic that they'd work and I'd be back to myself quite quickly, but that didn't happen for me. And um, they just didn't work as well as they could have. And I really started to sink into a hole. um, And my mental health got to a very dark place. um, And I just kind of had no idea what I was going to do and how I was going to get out of it. And I stopped really caring about myself and how I was, but I really started to understand the effect that I was having on my mum, especially. I'd really cut myself off from most other people. I was very uncomfortable and embarrassed with being different from everyone else and not really being able to explain elements of the illness, which was quite invisible at moments. She kept saying, you know, you're only as happy as your unhappy child. No. I realized how unhappy I was making her and that was a big motivation for me and I started to look at what else that I could do to help myself and I was a true Ben and Jerry's Haribo girl at this point I was not I'd never heard of quinoa or kale or certainly not almond milk and I couldn't really cook I wasn't especially interested in it but I was became interested more and more in how lifestyle can affect us and and we're going to be looking at that um, with our guests on episode two uh, which I'm really looking forward to I became inspired by that and I thought well, I don't have anything to lose in trying. You know, I had chronic digestive problems and chronic fatigue as well as um, heart problems in relation to post-tachycardia syndrome. And I thought, well, hopefully that will help these things. Um, So I said about learning to cook, but because, as I said, I was really struggling with my mental health as well, I decided on the advice of a girlfriend to do it as a blog so that it would give purpose to my day. So I've got to stop you there. What was the first thing you made? Okay, I have to admit, my first recipes were terrible. You would not have appreciated this <laughs> if I made this for you for dinner. Because I was so new to it and I didn't really cook and I didn't like fruit and vegetables. I was trying to find ways to hide them. So I'd get a courgette and an aubergine and just mush them in tomato puree until they kind of became baby food and mix that through pasta. <laughs> or I, because I didn't also know about almond milk and things like that, so I would just make porridge with water and it looked like gruel. Um, <laughs> so it was pretty, yeah, so, so you wouldn't have liked it. It's come a long way since then. But then, so with this, so it's, at this point, it really is just a personal journal. Completely. At which point do you then decide, right, I actually really want to start sharing this and actually I'm proud enough with these recipes to actually think that they can help people? Do you know, there wasn't really ever kind of one moment. It was that after a little bit, I shared it with some friends and family and then they shared it with some friends and family and it just it was just trickling along, basically. But at that point, I didn't share it with friends and family for about two months and at that point we'd moved from gruel and baby food with pasta to much more interesting dishes I still think they came quite a long way but I was starting to experiment made the first energy balls at that point although I bought a blender and forgot to take the plastic off and so and had them with plastic what were, in what were the moments when you thought wow actually this isn't just me my friends my family reading it there's actually lots of other people out there it's when people started making them and then they'd emailing it email in especially when it was from far away so, so someone would email in from australia having made it for their family for dinner and that's when i thought oh my goodness this is really surreal and crazy amazing and from there it started to grow people started to ask for Um, cooking classes and workshops so that's where I started I then invested that money into our app which came out as the first piece of Delicious Yellow really in 2014 on the success of that I was asked to write a book and that came out the beginning of 2015 which is when we met and during this time my health had got so much better um, 
it it took a long time and we can talk about that later on but it you know you'd have good days and then bad days and I know that's something from readers experience as well that can be quite challenging but it was a very exciting moment in the course of our business and the development of that when it came out. So a few days after my first book came out when things had kind of completely exploded and they were chaos in the best possible sense Matt and I's paths first crossed I didn't know that at the time but he did and I will let him take over to tell you a little bit more about what happened next. Yeah, so my background was a little strange. I, after I graduated from university in America, um, I actually played professional golf uh, for four years and travelled the world doing that, which was great fun. But I stopped playing um, when I was just before my 27th birthday and um, I wanted to get a commercial background. I wanted to to, um, to work in business and I went and worked in finance for four years. And after working in finance for four years, I was starting to get um, itchy feet um, and decided and trying to think about the, the the thing I wanted to do next. And I was actually involved whilst I was working finance in a social impact food and farming business in West Africa. And we were looking for a brand ambassador to um, help us in raising money uh, through a branded coconut water, actually, um, that where we were going to source all the coconuts from Sierra Leone post the Ebola crisis there. And I happened to be lying on my sofa on a Sunday morning reading uh, the Sunday Times on my iPad and read about this amazing girl called Ella um, who had just released uh, the fastest selling debut cookbook ever and had, they had run out of um, of books in pre-sales and I actually realised in reading the article that I uh, that I knew her dad and so I sent um, her dad an, an email and said hey I've just I'm involved in this project in West Africa we're looking for an ambassador um, is it possible to introduce me to Ella and, and then my dad sent me the most <laughs> gushing email I've ever received in my life about how this was the most amazing person he'd ever met and then texted me pictures of him which I think he found <laughs> on Google and I was quite newly single and really looking forward to being single and wasn't looking for a relationship and then I had my dad emailing me throughout the day saying you have to meet this man you have to meet this man he's so <laughs> handsome he's so brilliant and, and texting me pictures of him and so yeah so thank you for that but I but luckily we were introduced and we had three meetings talking about uh, what we may be able to do on the, the in the social impact um, project I was involved in but I think it became pretty clear that actually we were more interested in in dating each other yeah, and the third time you're like do you have a boyfriend I was like oh this is going <laughs> off script a bit from what maybe we can get somewhere else with this and I think we actually made the conscious decision at the time we started dating very soon afterwards and I think we actually made the conscious decision on after about two weeks of knowing each other that it would be a terrible idea to go into business together <laughs> um, and we'd be, we should just focus on dating one another but four months passed and we moved incredibly quickly and this time we had bought a dog we had moved in together after a couple of weeks and it was it was kind of fireworks and we went for um, a walk that summer and we had been talking loosely about potentially doing something together and maybe using the experience I um, had, had learned in the business world and this incredible community engagement and momentum that was behind Deliciously Ella on the back of the first book. And we decided to create a business together in the in the summer of 2015. And and everyone thought we were insane. Everyone At this point, we got engaged, got a dog, moved in together and started a business together within about 
four months. Four months. Yeah, yeah. Everyone thought that we were completely and utterly nuts. But I think it's it's I think it's like in in any decision that I think both of us have made in our life when it's felt really really right as a gut decision, um, then typically it's led us to the best places. And so so we decided to do that. And I. I obviously knew a fair amount from from dating Ella about Delicious Ella and what its values were and would see Ella responding to Instagram comments and messages endlessly. And it was incredibly clear to me when we first started working together that Delicious Ella, it wasn't so much about Ella as herself. It was a community of people who had shared values and shared interests in living better in a plant-based lifestyle and Ella was a resource that that helped bring all of this to together. And so we, the first project that we decided to undertake together was to uh, was to start a deli together. It was so clear from the community that what they really wanted was a place to come and visit where they could taste, smell, touch everything that Delicious Ella was all about. And so we opened our first deli um, on Seymour Place in December of 2015. We And we decided on quite a small place. Yeah, we? we basically our plan was let's find the cheapest rent in London um, where we can, where our exposure, if no one ever visits, would be small and something that we could, that we could just about manage um, to cover and um somewhere that we could do up beautifully and um and invest money doing it really nicely but that where the where the ongoing costs would hopefully be low and i know um, lots a question lots of people have on that um is that we're really lucky because the app and the book had been really successful we'd built up a resource that we could tap into to create the deli so um to begin with everything in the business was really organic with one thing funding the next um and so on so we'd started working together and that was really exciting, but the building work was a bit delayed on Seymour as everything always is. And we thought we had a brilliant plan to make the business work between yeah. um, then and the doors opening because we knew we needed to get them open to make some money so we could get off the ground. And yeah. you guys, do you want to tell everyone what happened? Because it was, there's never been a more messy or ridiculous or unplanned moment yeah, so we had um, our old office was this tiny office and we decided because we had the site opening and we wanted to test kind of our supply chain in a way. We wanted to test the kitchen and... Uh, and see whether people would like the food. I mean, So we wanted to see if the, if the kitchen could produce the right amount of food that we needed. That We wanted to get some initial feedback from customers on what the food was like. So we were like, great. So we launched on, um, an app, on a delivery app in London called QuickUp and we launched at midday. I think it was on a Tuesday. But we launched... So before Matt and I started working together, I had two girls that worked with me and we took a little office to move out of my flat, um, which was on Bloomsbury Street. And if anyone's ever gone down Bloomsbury Street, it's what it runs just next to the British Museum and it's a one-way street that goes onto Oxford Street. And I think it's the angriest street in London. You can't stop there, but there's lots of deliveries and there's all the traffic for the British Museum and Oxford Street. And there is honking and hooting and shouting like I've never experienced. Yeah, but it's... there was no air in the office. You always had to have the windows open. And it was one little room with the desks and the kitchen all within, you know, a metre, not even of each other. So we're already in quite a small space. Second floor up yeah. on a road where no one could stop. 
Exactly. And so we went live on this delivery app at midday. Uh, and we were pretty pumped up about it yeah, at this point. We were, really we were like, excited. this is going to be our moment. Yeah, this is how, we, how we're going to really learn about, about everything that we're doing. And I've like, done a big announcement. A big, yeah, big things done, are happening at midday. Everyone can order from us wherever you are in London. It was So we were really excited about it. And it got to 12.15 and it was like tumbleweeds. There was no orders. Nothing was happening. And, and we we'd were all like, gone dead silent because we were, were like, Oh my God, we are about to open a site in a month and no one is ever going to come. And we, one person, one of the girls who was working for us opened the door and suddenly outside the door, there were about 20 delivery drivers on, uh, or still mostly with their helmets on, who had come to pick up orders. And what we hadn't realised was that the order volume had actually been so high that we had crashed the app that we had launched so on. So none of the orders had come through to us. So we hadn't realised that we actually had the orders, but we just had this queue of delivery drivers there. Um, looking all slightly confused as they came into this into this office block and we started charging trying to get this food out and it was just a complete and utter mess and five days and we had to go and buy another three fridges and turn the office into basically into like a delivery hub it was completely mad but we it was actually really valid we got great feedback for the five days that we did it we planned to do it until we opened the doors so for kind of six weeks or so but it was yeah such chaos it lasted five days yeah we decided to curtail it and we it lasted five days but we we learned a huge amount and I, I hope it made the start to the site even if that was still pretty chaotic it made the start slightly better so we obviously had a pretty good idea that that it wouldn't be tumbleweeds if well, when we, we hoped opened. and we prayed yeah but we still hoped and we prayed and we actually we opened the doors as we decided to do this soft opening neither of us had any experience in hospitality and we decided to and our manager who's still with us to to this day and is amazing um she wasn't starting with us because she was leaving a former job to she wasn't starting with us until um early About january three weeks later, yeah and so we had this we had this three-week gap where somehow we had to be able to manage it ourselves and we thought that with christmas coming it'd be a really quiet period and and we could just it, sneak the doors it, open. we could sneak the doors open learn a bit for a few weeks and then have our manager come in and make more of a splash in january when people are trying to eat better and really have that as our as our kind of grand opening so we opened the doors um 12th of december 12th of december 2015 and the following and it kind of built and built and the following saturday by 12 or 30 on the following saturday we had 70 <laughs> rqs out the door it was just completely insane and it was terrifying it was terrifying what became clear were two things became very clear one was that the site was way too small for what we were trying to do so we needed to speed up trying to find a bigger site that we could that we could hopefully offer a better experience at and two, that the popularity of Delicious Yellow really was real and the reach that we had was um, was something that I think blew us away. And so we started working um, on our food products business early in 2016. We made our first great hire um, in April of, of uh, 2016 and he joined us, I think, in June of 2016. Yeah, I think end of May. It was when yeah. we were on our honeymoon, which yeah, was exactly. around my birthday, so end of May. Exactly, and... And we launched our first product. Um, and we got in, married also yeah, during this time. Yeah, we also got right? married just during this in. time, just to drop that in. <laughs> and 
we launched our first food product in August of uh, 2016. And we, our first customer was Whole Foods. Um, and we, shortly after that, we got confirmed for a Waitrose listing. Um, and and then Matt did the most brilliant thing. I think, as I said, I'm always, I'm definitely the more nervous of the two of us. And um, he said, you know, we, as he was just saying, we really wanted to make healthier food more accessible for everyone and, and bring it to more places. And I said, well, if we're going to bring it to more places, and that's our purpose, we've we've got to bring it to somewhere like Starbucks. And I thought, gosh, I mean, that's the dream, isn't it, to be in such an established brand? But. Um, just thought as if they would even consider us. We we're so little at this point, you know, team of three working from the world's smallest as an office. So Matt um, said, we've, we've just got to be in Starbucks. And he, ever resourceful, ever persistent, went onto LinkedIn and found the MD of Starbucks in the UK. And I think you emailed like 20, was it about 20? Yeah, I think so. Um, different variations of his name in the hope that one would get through. And I was kind of a bit shy about it. And, oh, I don't know, we're going to bother him. He's not going to want to. He's not be interested. And you were so, so much more confident. And anyway, he replied within about 30 minutes or so saying he'd love to meet us and gave us the time kind of two days later. And at this point, we still hadn't got you know, done our first run of anything. And it was still kind of quite early days. So we went to meet him and... Um, Dan, who we were working with, um, who'd worked at Innocent beforehand, um, kind of gave us this pep talk, you know, Starbucks going to be tough, they're going to be tough. And we walked in and they were the nicest people on earth. And they were so enthusiastic about products and the fact that they were no additives, no preservatives, just four ingredients or six ingredients. And they were vegan friendly and kind of tapping into those growth areas that they were looking at. And we were just so excited, but obviously trying to play it really cool because it seemed we were professional. And the three of us like ran out of the meeting. We got in the lift and we were just <laughs> screaming in the lift. We were so excited in this kind of little pipe dream we'd had of creating something was suddenly feeling real. And then we had this weekend. And whenever anyone asks, like, what's been the highlight of Delicious Yellow? I think it will probably always be this because it was just mad and exciting magic, and magic yeah. all at the same time because I think that was on a Tuesday and that Thursday we were taking the deli for our first ever pop-up which was a massive tent at Wilderness Festival and we had 29 members of the team there and we were doing two banquets and an afternoon tea as well as serving food all day but again, trying to act kind of cool and professional to Starbucks. Yes, of course, we'll be around for conference calls. Of course, of course. And they wanted to get the product in in six weeks. And we were thinking, oh, my gosh, how are we going to do that? And it ended up being the busiest weekend I think we've ever had and ever could ever have at the deli. And we did 1.5 metric tons of food in 48 hours. I mean, it was insane. And there we were at the back um, of this kind of mayhem on the phone to Starbucks, on the phone with our partners saying, we need more packaging, we need more packaging. And it was just this kind of moment of magic where we realised this kind of dream we'd had where you'd quit your job and everyone thought we were insane for working together. It felt like yeah, it the legs had grown real. and we started to run, but we were running really fast. So I guess between then and now, it's been two years and... Um, a lot's happened. I think, you know, I've always been a big believer in Delicious Yellow that honesty is, is the most important kind of quality in anything. We've always tried to be transparent and we've definitely had our kind of ups and downs in those last two years. It's been brilliant, but there have been some, there have been some really challenging moments from financing the business and cash flow and investors to 
personal things um, and dealing with that alongside scaling up a startup. It got to the Christmas of uh, 2017 and we had really been just constantly working almost for two years and we finally had um, about 10 days off where we could really sit back and reflect and what really became clear was that the plan to get to six or seven delis was really not needed anymore and we could achieve the same objective that we wanted to get from our delis by just having one it could where one could just really act as our brand home and you know we have uh, our team are like our extended family and we knew that by trimming delis back from three to one we would have to lose really really great people and it would also be the first time that as deliciously yellow we've gone from having from just experiencing growth to suddenly having to trim back and that was going to be a completely new experience for us and so we talked about it a lot over Christmas and we had talked about it a lot really in the last couple of months of 2017 and we came back at the start of 2018 and we decided that the best thing for us to do would be so that we could really have all of our focus on our food products business was to was to shut two delis. And I was pretty nervous about that decision and pretty hesitant about it. I think in terms of how we run the business, Matt's our CEO, so he's in charge. And he oversees our finance and business development operations. And I look after the creative side. And so I was looking at it purely from a brand perspective. And I knew, just just said, that was going to be the first time that people thought we were failing. And there's something quite terrifying about that and I think we knew that you know we'd have press around it and that people would think that Delicious Yellow is shutting down and I was I was really 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 nervous about that side of things as well and slightly dug my heels in until I think a, I was completely convinced by the kind of logical sense of the fact that scaling up the two businesses side by side was going to be so challenging. But I think B, in taking a little bit of time out, I think we both also realised that from our relationship perspective, that actually we were doing a lot and that it was, you know, we were being pulled in so many different directions every day because there were so many different projects and that perhaps just kind of pulling that back a little bit would also give us a tiny bit more space in our own lives. Yeah, so twenty eight the start of twenty eighteen was a pretty tricky time. My mum uh, was diagnosed with brain cancer in the summer of uh, twenty seventeen, and we it was pretty clear, um, or started to become pretty clear at the start of twenty eighteen as well that this was probably one battle that she wouldn't be able to win. And so twenty early 2018, we had made this decision. We knew that we were going to be losing great people. We knew that there would be, understandably, a negative reaction to, to what we were doing. And there would be concerns about, oh, my God, is the are they going bust? Or is, is, um, is there a major problem? I had major worries at home as I was watching uh, my mum's illness start to really take over. And it was a really, really tricky spot. And it was a time when you just have to, you just have to somehow just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And And what were the things, you know, because I know everyone when they're going through their life has those kind of challenging moments for one reason or the next. What were the things that you put in place 
for yourself to help kind of guide you through that and get you through that and help you continue to put one foot in front of the other i think that when think kind of objectively things bad things are happening around you i think that the thing that can empower you most is just by focusing on gratitude and i think if you wake up each day and you try and focus on all of the great bits of your life and even though your mum looks like she's losing a battle against an illness um how grateful i am to be 34 and happily married and being in a privileged position to run a business we're surrounded by an extraordinary team of incredibly talented people i think you just have to keep focusing on the pieces of your life that that show that your glass is half full and i knew that however difficult this short-term phase was i knew that ultimately we were one we were doing the right thing with the delis and two that i was the luckiest person in the world to have my mum and to have learned from such a great person and uh so 2018 was a was a was a tricky start and we we shut the two delis in march and um, we did get that negative yeah, reaction. Yeah, and we did get that negative reaction that we thought, and we had customers as well from our food products business, even though it was just the delis that we had shut, who were concerned that we were going out of business and we had suppliers calling us and we had to let go of great people. And and we've had people who still, even now, are nervous of working with us because they're nervous that we're still going out of business. Yeah, and, um, and it was you know we've been the beneficiaries of so many of the great things that the awareness that deliciously ella has but um this was when we had to understand the flip side of it and um it was it was a really difficult time but we we just you just kind of knuckle down and you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and you take each day as it comes and you stay present and you stay grateful and and we were very you, quiet yeah. as well we lived very quietly for the last six months yeah and you just we just we just got through it and so and ultimately through these experiences um you learn more about yourself and and the others around you uh, than at any of the good times. And it was, in many ways, one of the most valuable lessons that we've that we've ever learned with, uh, I think, through this whole journey with Delicious Yella. Yeah, and I think the one thing that your mum showed us this year, more than I know, is one of the greatest lessons I've ever had in my whole life and will stick with me every day forever, is the sense that every little thing you do every day is what adds up. To yeah. the meaning of your life yeah. and that's a really powerful thing to take I don't know if you're going to see the positive from the negative that lesson of treating everyone in the best possible way having that kind of kindness that optimism and always doing the right thing even if it's that little bit harder is just a more powerful way to live your life one of the other things that we learn as well in this time is kind of how to find that balance between living together and working together as well especially as I said, in the last six, 12 months or so, while Matt's mum wasn't very well and um, whilst things were so crazy at work and we had a couple of other things going on in my family as well, we just really kind of retreated inwards a little bit. For me, yoga became even more of a safe place than it had been before. It became a big part of my life for creating space. But I think we also realised the importance of family, of each other, had a kind of greater sense of that and as a result also how precious that was and how we needed to have more respect between our work and home life which had become 
so incredibly blurred. Yeah, I think one of the questions that um, people had asked on social media before uh, we started this was on living together and how do we find the right balance between living and working together. And I think this was this was really the ultimate test because I really, really needed Ella just to be the loving, caring wife that she is. Uh, and I with. needed to be there and be a wife and be focused on your mental well-being and not on a question about delivery of stock into a shop and and realizing that there had to be a quite concrete line between the two which hadn't been there before so as we get towards the end of this episode um i just want to come on to one question because now seems like the right time for it and it's a question we're going to ask everyone that comes on the podcast um because i hope it's a little bit of inspiration for you guys to take away and i know it's going to be inspiring for us to hear that from people um but i want to know from you first matt what's the one practice you live by one practice I live by. So I, the one practice I think I live by is when I went to school in America, uh, when I was 16, I, yeah, I went to a sports academy there where I went to school in the morning and play golf in the afternoon. I was having a really rough time my first term there and I could not get settled and I was miserable. I was missing home. I was missing my friends. I felt just a million miles away and I was completely homesick. And my teacher at my end of term review said to me that he said, Matt, you need to internalize the solution. And it was the best lesson I have ever had. And what he means by that is that if there's a problem, it's up to you to fix it. And there's no point in making excuses or blaming others or thinking that there's any way around any problem other than just to go fix it yourself. What's your one practice every day? There's so many. Um, but give, but me, give us one. Okay, I think um, the main one for me is probably, and honestly, I've learned to most of all since I've been with Matt and also spent a lot of time with his family as well, is the power of optimism um, and living your life with that attitude. I definitely have in the past been quite a glass half empty person and it's been really, really actually interesting to me to learn the power of flipping that upside down and it takes a lot of practice to start with and when we were first together, you would always say... um, you know what it is that you live by and I would sometimes find that a tiny bit frustrating I'd say but I'm just having a bad day I'm just having a bad day and you say okay but this happened in your day that's good this happened in your day that's good we're together right now having dinner that's really good and realizing that if you focus on all those things even the worst day can be a good day at moments and that's been throughout the kind of ups and downs of the last few years that's been a life-changing thing and I think for me, one of the reasons why I've got really interested in yoga and becoming a bit more of a hippie recently is that it's created that space for me every day to come back to that way of thinking. And I'm sure it'd be a different thing for lots of people. But for me, that creates the space to have that more positive outlook every day. And that has been life changing. I'm happier than I've ever been as a result. So at Delicious Yellow, we're pretty passionate that we want this to be something that we do for the next 50 years. We have lots of different plans, whether it's uh, advances in our app or lots of different new food products. Yeah, we're working uh, on some really cool stuff for the app at the moment. Yeah, so so Ella, why don't you uh, go into a bit more of the things that you think we might do over maybe the next two years and then maybe the next 10 years and then maybe the next 50 years to keep Delicious Yellow relevant? This week, we have our new book coming out, which is pretty exciting, The Cookbook. It's got all our recipes from the last three years, which have been chosen by our readers to make eating plant-based food a little bit easier. And it's got things like our 
fudgy brownies and our Thai curry and our lentil dal and bean chili and everything. And so I'm, I'm really excited about that. We've also completely redone our look and our feel and that's all launching this week as well. So it's a, it's a big week this end. We've got a big project going on with our app at the moment to make it much better for you guys. It's been a brilliant part of Delicious Yellow, but there are some things we really wanted to do. So I hope that's going to be launching for everyone in January. And then we're really working on our food product business so that we can be everywhere, so we can give people plant-based options in every supermarket across the country. And we've got some pretty exciting innovation launching this autumn, um, which we'll be able to tell you more about in the next couple of weeks. Um, so that's that's really the big focus now. And then just continuing to share recipes, share ideas, hopefully give a little bit of inspiration every day. And um, in the next few days, I'm going to share my first bits of yoga as well with you guys so you can... Um, move a bit with us as well at home one question that lots of our readers have had and have asked and I couldn't finish this episode without asking you is how did you get into healthy eating uh I cheated I married deliciously Ellen (laughs) I have no idea how to cook and I'd always tried to eat the best I possibly could but I vegetables that I cooked certainly weren't that exciting and the way I did it was by learning from the master and being able to be at home and be cooked for and uh learn to experiment with Ella as she creates all of these these amazing dishes that she does. Is He's how... a very honest taste tester. He gives really good feedback. Sometimes my feedback is not so well received as maybe being slightly too blunt, but I try <laughs> I try and make it as honest as I possibly can. Yeah, but... there are moments before deadlines where I think, why can't you just think it's perfect? <laughs> but um but yeah I I had a massive I cheated massively. Thank you guys so much for listening to us today. I hope it was insightful and interesting. Next week, we're going to be talking to some experts about the health and well-being space. I know both of us find it can be confusing. It can be difficult to decipher what's right for your body, how to find the right balance. Um, So if you have any questions for that, please, please do send them in. Uh, You can just send them directly to me, Ella at deliciouslyella.com. And if you have any feedback on this episode, we would love to hear it. So please do review it. Please do rate it and share any of that feedback with us. And otherwise, I hope you can tune in for our next episode and definitely subscribe. Um, There'll be a new episode coming out for you every Tuesday. Thanks so much, everyone.